Sachem Perek Zayin, Mishnah Yud, 7.10. The Mishnah now will discuss the obligation of Srefa, of burning the nosar, the leftover meat, from the Korban Pesach. The Pasuk says, sabasar You have a mitzvah aseh, a requirement to eat all the basar, the edible portions of the Korban Pesach. And that has to be done at the Machlokas Tanaim over what period? According to Rabbi Akiva, you have the whole night till the morning. According to Rabbi Lazar ben you only have till Chatzos. Um, and perhaps Midr even Rabbi Akiva, would agree that you have till Chatzos. Either way, once the deadline passes on the Doraisa level, meaning at daybreak, according to Rabbi Akiva, at midnight, which is Chatzos, according to Rabbi Lazar ben the meat of the Korban Pesach is no longer allowed to be eaten. And in fact, it gets the status of Nosar, which is... Uh, leftover sacrificial meat. And the Pasuk says, You may not do that. It's a, it's a love to leave over the meat until the morning. But the nosar itself, the leftover meat which is left over, the Pasuk says, That meat which is left over until the morning, is a separate mitzvah to burn that leftover meat. Okay, so our... Mishnah will focus on the obligation to burn that meat, um, but of course it only applies to things which have the status of basar, of basar, which is meat, um, edible portions. That which isn't edible wouldn't have the obligation to be burned in the morning. So the Mishnah says, ha'atzamos, bones, and now we're not talking about regular, any old bone, but bones that contain within them moach, which is marrow, bone marrow. Marrow is edible. And therefore, there's, in principle, in theory, hypothetically, an obligation to eat the bone marrow as well. However, there's a separate isr from the Torah, as we've seen, to break the bones of the Korban Pesach. And since one can't break the bones, there's no obvious way, no, no, no accessible way to get to that marrow. And that being the case, you'll be precluded from breaking the bones, but therefore you will necessarily end up leaving over the marrow. And that being the case, you're now going to have to destroy that marrow by burning on uh, at a later date when it's permitted to be burning the burning the leftovers, as we'll see later in the Mishnah when that would be. Um, technically speaking, there's actually a locus in what the lum this is what with those bones. Is it just that the bones contain the marrow? Is it the bones are subordinate to the marrow? Um, either way, you can come up with scenarios where um, perhaps there might not be an obligation to burn those bones. Like, for example, if the bone broke by itself, once it's broken, you have an obligation to eat the marrow inside of it. Now there's no marrow left, just a bone. And therefore, depending on which shot, there will be a question of whether or not those bones still have to be burned. On the one side would be no, since there's no marrow left. On the other side of the argument, yes, they still have to be burned because they have a status of being tough, of subordinate um, to the marrow that was once there, and therefore they're the kind of things that need to get burned. Either way, in addition, the mission says, Vahagidin, Gidin are the, the word gid in Hebrew, in the Chazal anyways, refers to kind of any long, thin, uh, and I guess to some degree fibrous or tough uh, physiological structure. So that means it could refer to, I think it's translated usually as sinews, which is not bad of a translation, but it could refer to um, ligaments and tendons, and but also gidin can refer to even veins occasionally, and to nerves. All these things are kind of long, thin structures that extend through the body of the creature. So now, if it's edible, one would have to eat it. If it were inedible, not. But there are certain structures, um, like, for example, um, 
portions that are of the nerves that are near the gidonasha, which are referred to as either the gidonasha achitzon, like the, a, a separate part of the sciatic nerve, which is not prohibited to eat by the Torah, but asr medirabanan, as well as some of the fats around those nerves, the gidonasha, the sciatic nerve, and, and so. So those gidin cannot be eaten medirabanan, um, and therefore they will necessarily be left over, and therefore you'll have to burn them because they're left over no sarn. So that's gidin. Vahanosar and other meats as well, whatever other meat that was edible, as we'll define more in the next Mishnah. But the point is, whatever could be eaten but wasn't eaten is now nosar and left over. Yisrafu must be burned, Bashisha Asar, on the 16th of Nisan. That is to say, although they become nosar on the 15th, when they're no longer allowed to be eaten, let's call it daybreak or perhaps at midnight, but by daybreak for sure, they're nosar, but you can't burn them on, on Yom Tov. There's a separate isra of burning the Kajim and and therefore you wait an extra day till the 16th, the first day of Cholomod, and that's when you'll perform the mitzvah of burning any of the leftovers. Chalashisha Asar Lios B'Shabbos. The Mishnah says if it turns out that the first day of Cholomod, the 16th of Nisan, happens to be a Shabbos, so then Yisfu, you'll have to burn it, B'Shiva Asar, on the 17th of Nisan, meaning the second day of Cholomod, when it's, you know, no longer Shabbos anymore. L'fisha Einan Dochen Loas Shabbos Shabbos because the obligation to burn your your leftover nosar does not push off neither Shabbos nor Yom Tov. Now there's a bit of a kalvachomer here. Of course, not, it doesn't push off Yom Tov already, so all the more so Shabbos, because certain things you could do, like you, there are leniencies regarding Malachan Yom Tov, but um, they both go hand in hand here, and there's a possible chiddush as much as you might have thought that if Shabbos falls out on the first day of Yom Tov, perhaps you think you should indeed burn it on, on, excuse me, if Shabbos falls out on the first day of Cholomoed, you might have thought erroneously that you should then burn it on Yom Tov. That would be wrong. The point is, it's not Doche Shabbos nor Yom Tov. Now, um, just a question regarding why, for example, let's talk about the Gidonashe itself. The Gidonashe is um, the sciatic nerve, which may not be eaten, and it it does not have an obligation to be burned. Um, it doesn't have a status of basar. Now, the question is, why not? Um, because there is a general principle that when you have a mitzvah asay, a positive commandment, and a los asay, a prohibition, that go at loggerheads, the rule is that the asay is docha the los asay, that the positive commandment overrules, it supersedes the, the prohibition. Meaning, for example, a classic example is you have a, prohibition of cutting off any skin that has tzara'as on it, like this whatever, this affliction, the skin thing um, and in the event that it just happens to be that the tzara'as is on the baby's foreskin and it's time for him to get a bris mila, so there's a prohibition of cutting it off, but there's also mitzvah ase, a requirement to yes cut it off and the general rule is across the board that an ase is docha losa ase, that a positive commandment supersedes and pushes off a prohibition and therefore Notwithstanding the fact that the Torah says don't remove that tsaras, you will do the brismila and remove the tsaras. So that's the rule across the board in general that the ase is docha the los ase. And if that's the case, you might ask, there's a mitzvah to yes eat the meat, there's a prohibition against eating the gidonashe, so therefore the mitzvah's ase should be docha the los ase, it should supersede it, and you should have to eat the gidonashe as well. Um, but the answer is no, you don't, um, because this is an exception to that rule. Why it's an exception to that rule? Um, is um, there are a few suggestions given. The Shagas Arya fascinatingly says that since the mitzvah of eating the meat of the Korban Pesach was given prior to Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah Har Sinai, so the rules are different. Even though 
for sure the obligation on us to eat the Korban Pesach um, was reaffirmed at Har Sinai, at the giving of the Torah, but nevertheless, there's a separate set of rules that apply to these principles of what is docha what, what pushes off what, for the mitzvahs that were given before Matan Torah. According to the Or Sameach, um, he suggests that you never have this rule of asa docha losasa when it comes to eating things. And um, whatever the case is, this is an exception to that rule, meaning that usually asa is docha losasa, but here, not. That being the case, you don't eat the Gidonasha and you don't even need to burn it. Um, it's not considered to be the basara that would be eligible for consumption um, in the Korban Pesach. Now, just following that thought through a little bit more, you might ask yourself, wait a second. The end of the Mishnah said, you have a mitzvah to burn the nosar, the leftover meat, and you have a prohibition of doing malacha on Yom Tov. So they have a case of an aset, which should be docha the los aset, and how come you don't burn it, the the, um, the leftover meat, on Yom Tov itself on the first day of Pesach before Cholomoed? Good question, but the answer is, unfortunately, that that's different. Why is that different? Because there's both both a a mitzvah ase and a losa ase, both a positive and negative commandment that um, that protects Yom Tov and Shabbos. There's both a commandment to rest as a mitzvah ase, as well as a love and prohibition of gudu malacha, and the rule of an ase docha losa ase only applies when you have like one against one, if you will, a positive versus prohibitory commandment. But in the case where you have a positive commandment against both an ase and a losa ase, so then it's two against one, so to speak. Not literally, but two against one. But anyways, and the rule doesn't apply. That being the case, you cannot burn your nosar on Yom Tov.